Welcome. Thanks for listening. This is episode four, part one of Beyond the Illusion. In this episode, we're going to be talking about dreams. I love this topic because dreams are a portal to the unknown that we all have access to. Because we all have dreams, whether we remember them or not. And I believe that we should all be aware of what is happening in our dreams. Dreams have the ability to give us great insight into the true nature of the contents of our own minds. If the knowledge of these contents could be even slightly enhanced through the conscious awareness of our dreams, then life as we know it would be significantly different. What exactly are dreams? What do they mean? The answers to these questions are many and complex. But essentially, dreams are something different to everyone. There are many scientific theories as to what dreams are, and I'll go over some of those theories later on in this episode. But if you've ever taken the time to record your dreams through journaling or voice recordings, and then examine them later, they often give surprising insight into what is happening in your life, and usually in a way that is helpful to you. This process does require some effort and commitment, but it's definitely worth it. And there's always the chance that you could experience a profound breakthrough or answer to a challenge that you're facing through a dream. The conversation you're about to listen to was accidentally recorded using the microphone on a laptop instead of the recording equipment that was intended to be used. I didn't mean to do that. But unfortunately, I didn't realize this mistake until a few days after making the recording. And I even went back and forth about whether I should use this recording at all. But in the end, I decided that if I adjusted the levels and made an announcement as to why the audio sounds a little different, then it would probably be acceptable to most people. So please keep this in mind that it's going to sound like we're recording in a big empty room, which is not the case. It's just a side effect of that mistake that I made in the recording setup. Thanks for understanding. Since we're talking about dreams, why don't you tell me what you think dreams are? Well, I've been interested in dreams, you know, all my life, way before I was on a spiritual path. And I mean, I think I didn't start writing my dreams down until maybe high school, but I've kept dream journals all these years. Um, and then I went through this period where because of, you know, this belief that I had at the time that I threw away all my dream journals. And I was like, oh, now I wish I had them. But anyway, um, but I still have like, I mean, just in the last however many years, I have like stacks of dream journals anyway. So it's probably a good thing. <laughs> all those. But anyway, all this to say that I've always been fascinated about dreams and what I, the way that I perceive them or what I believe that they are has definitely evolved through my life and through my life experience. Um, I believe that we have different kinds of dreams. So um, when we go to sleep and our body sleeps and our conscious mind sleeps, but uh, there's more, we're more than just our conscious mind, right? And so we have our subconscious, which is our beliefs and our lower emotions. And then we have our superconsciousness, our 
higher consciousness, our soul, whatever you want to call it. And so what we experience in dreams could be coming from our subconscious or it could be coming from our superconsciousness. So it's not like there's just one thing. But basically it's us experiencing these parts of our awareness without the filter of our conscious mind. So it's possible, of course, to tap into your subconscious or your superconsciousness during your waking hours, but most people don't, right? So <clears throat> even subconscious is <laughs> like, oh, it's buried underneath there. People are so focused on what's going on out there around me in the world and I'm you know, responding to it and I'm, or I'm trying to put something out there in the world when I'm awake. And that's what I'm really focused on. And um, if I'm somebody who doesn't value or understand emotions, then I can push them down into my subconsciousness where I'm not aware of what's going on there. Um, and then when I go to sleep and my conscious mind goes to sleep, then all that I've been pushing down gets to come up and be expressed as a dream in a symbolic way um, to show me what I'm not paying attention to that I need to see. Um, but the same with their superconsciousness is that stuff that I need to see too that I might not be paying attention to, which is the average person, right? They're not paying mm -hmm. attention. But you could meditate and you could, or, you know, all sorts of different types of practices be connected to your subconscious or superconscious. But most people aren't. Or even if you are, like, there's still things that you miss. And so that comes through during your dreams to help show you the things that you need to see. Yeah, you know, it's funny. It's, I haven't ever really asked you that question before. I thought that we were going to have uh, pretty drastically different ideas of what dreams were. But I have to say that I'm pretty much in agreement with you on that. After, I mean, I, I've never really thought about it in depth like you have. Um, but I do feel like <clears throat> dreams are some form of communication between, yes, our subconscious, superconscious, and um, waking state mind, I guess. So, yeah, we're not, we're not that far apart on our uh, interpretations of what it could be. But not I, yet. Not, exactly. <laughs> I have more to say. No. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I always felt like um, I didn't really know what dreams were but that they were definitely messages of some mm -hmm. kind, you know, whether um, they come from ourselves or from outside of ourselves. It's pretty obvious that at times dreams are um, messages to you and, and it's telling you something usually in the form of um, like a metaphor. So you're, you're getting a story, you're getting an impression and a feeling about a situation and it's being told to you through an image of some kind. It could be a moving image. So, why exactly do we dream? Medium.com claims that scientists have postulated six major theories to explain why we dream. They list the first one as wish fulfillment, and it's based on the work of Sigmund Freud. This theory states that any dream, no matter how terrifying, can be looked at as a way of getting something that you want either literally or symbolically. The second one is listed as random neural impulses. And this one states that dreams are actually just an accidental side effect of activated circuits in the brainstem and limbic system during REM sleep. 
and I'll list the rest of them just so you have an idea of some of the different theories that are out there to explain why we dream. It's certainly not all-encompassing in my opinion, but it does list a few of the major ones. The third one is listed as encoding short-term memories into long-term storage. The fourth, consolidating what we've learned. The fifth is threat simulation. The sixth is problem solving. And what all of this really means, in my opinion, is that we don't really know what dreams are. We're still trying to figure it out. Otherwise, there'd be one clear, decisive theory as to what dreams are. There have been times where um, certain people in my dreams are not really that person. They're representing mm -hmm. something else. And so sometimes they're a little hard to decipher. And maybe I look too much into it that way. I found that the easiest way to work with dreams, because sometimes I'm sure you've had this, like a lot of my dreams are really complex. So many things happen and I wake up and I'm like, oh man, just to write all of this down, like how much time do I have right now? Um, so I try to, you know, put a summary in there. And then to me, the key takeaway tends to be the emotion that you were feeling in that dream. If there's an emotion, what emotion was I feeling? And where in my life, in my waking life, do I feel the same way? Because if you start to like, that's a good starting place. And if you, if you only have a little bit of time, that's just do that. But you know, like if you're like, oh, what did that purple frog in the corner mean? And oh, there was a book. And then there was, you know, that curtain with the rainbow on And you could like go on and on and on and on. Um, and then you just get tired and you stop. But yeah, to get to the core of it, a lot of times um, I like to look at the emotion first. And then, of course, if you're paying attention to your dreams, you might find that you have certain symbols that come up over and over again. And I think of it in the way that when you're reading and you come across a word that you don't know, but you get to understand its meaning through the context. And that's how my key dream symbols, you know, have been figured out is in context over a number of different dreams, but I'm finally like, oh man, that's what the purple frog means because it showed up in several different dreams in different ways and I finally got the message. Oh wow. So I usually look for, uh, notice the emotions and then key symbols. Okay, yeah. And then the other thing is, I think some people have m more ability to remember their dreams or be like consciously aware of what's happening in the dream and then remember it as they wake up. Um, because I don't really feel like I've ever tried to develop that part of myself. So recently I have, I've been writing down my dreams and this has only been going on for a few months, but as time goes on, I feel like I'm getting a little bit better at it, you know, and I'm starting to be able to bring stuff back with me when I wake up. Whereas when I was younger, I would even tell people like, I never dream. I never have dreams, which is not true. I'm sure I was dreaming all along. I just wasn't remembering them it wasn't important to me at all um and then i only time a dream would ever stand out to me is if it was like really impactful you know like a scary dream or something like that would always stand out but outside of that i just i didn't i didn't seem to try to recall them people tell me that all the time oh i don't dream i like, guess you do <laughs> um but it's just like what you said it's if you don't value it and think it's important then you're not going to remember it just um, like you're doing, 
if somebody decides that they want to start remembering their dream and they put that notebook next and the pen next to the bed and they tell themselves, the first thing I'm going to do is write down anything I can remember. And so even if it's like the color yellow Mm -hmm. or feeling of sadness, just even a little bit, like if you do something like that each day and it becomes your habit that before I do anything, I write that down then it's sort of like a muscle that you're building. And then people, and then you're like, oh, old man's face. And then the next time you start to remember more and more, um, it requires that kind of discipline. And then it's like your consciousness is like, hey, oh, Tim, Tim's paying attention. Well, I'm here, let me give him this one then. Because <laughs> uh, I'm not going to waste uh, giving you this dream if you're not going to pay attention to it. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that completely. It's, it's like anything, you know, the more you practice it, the better you get at it. And, you know, this, it applies here too. It even applies to your, to your waking memory, you know, you mm-hmm. can do memory games and start to get better at remembering things too. Yeah. I, um, I have been writing my dreams down and it's been a useful tool because as I go back and read them, I, I'm like, Oh, I forgot. I had that dream about that. And looking at it now, I can take some meaning from it. Whereas before, when I mean, at the time of writing it down, it didn't really mean much to me. You know, I just wrote it down. But then I go back and this is like, you know, weeks and weeks later. And it has like all this meaning for me. Yeah, that's the cool thing. That's what I love about, you know, keeping track of them is that sometimes it's fun, like at the end of the week to look at the dreams and see a theme or the end of the month. And I even, at the end of my the year, I look at, because I have my dream journals and just my journal journal is one thing. And so I go through all of my journals at the end of the year and kind of review, um, you know, what are the themes? What am I learning? What do I need to learn? You know, what have I been not looking at? And I have this idea, which probably will never happen, is that I imagine myself like being like this old lady that has all of these stacks, you know, and is going back through them with these fond memories. But I'm like, oh, no, I'm somebody who's always trying, wanting to learn something new. I don't think that's ever really going to (laughs) happen. But I'm collecting them for sure. Do you ever have this where you're about to fall asleep? You you know you're not asleep yet, but you're, you're right there. You're on the edge. And you start hearing things mm-hmm. or, you know, sometimes maybe seeing things and, um, it's people talking. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you get that? Yeah. Also the other side of that, when I'm just waking up, I'll hear, I'll get a message or like you said, sometimes it's like in the middle, in the middle of a conversation. And sometimes it's part of me having the conversation as if I just tuned into it. It's really interesting. Exactly. I had that maybe two or three nights ago and I, I'm, glad I um, remembered it because uh, we, I knew we were going to do the podcast about dreams. And so I, I etched it into my memory real quick before I did fall asleep. But yeah, I was falling asleep. And then all of a sudden, it's my voice. I'm talking and like mid conversation with someone. And I'm saying something just really mundane, like, oh, you're looking at that right now, Tim. And I'm, it's my voice. And I'm saying that. And I remembered it. And I was like, odd you know I don't know what that's all about isn't it interesting to think that we have these different layers of consciousness you know we just think that we're this one thing but really you know we can have this higher consciousness or this subconsciousness that you know I guess during our waking hours they're sort of aligned but yeah when we go to sleep there could be this part 
kind of off here doing that and this part here doing that yeah. and to think of them separate that way. Yeah, that's so interesting because, you know, it probably is like that. Like mm-hmm. part of our mind is probably just off doing its own thing right mm-hmm. now and you're not really aware of it consciously, but it's still doing it. Um, maybe that is a subconscious, you know, at work there. I don't know. Yeah, that ha- that happened, you know, some of the phases of my spiritual path where, you know, sometimes it's really intense and there's a lot of spiritual experiences happening and sometimes it's calmer. Mm-hmm. And um, during some of those intense times, um, I was sleeping like nine, even 10 hours a night. And I, and then thinking like, oh my God, you know, why am I sleeping so much? And, and um, but actually a lot was happening during my dream time. And I, I would get really tired and go to bed like at like 9 or 9.30, whereas I normally go to bed at 11, mm-hmm. but just like, oh my gosh, I have to sleep right now. Um, I go to bed, let's say at 9, and then I would wake up at 11 in the middle of, like what we're talking about, in the middle of some kind of spiritual thing that's already happening. And it, it's kind of like when you wake up in a dream and you become lucid in a dream. The dream is already you know going on and then suddenly you become aware of it. And that's what would happen to me as I might be traveling off in the cosmos and then suddenly... I become lucid in that. Right in the middle of it. Yeah, right in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. But like I'm, I'm also aware, you know, like when you're sleeping, like you don't think of your body in the bed. But this would happen where I would be aware of, I'm awake in my body in my bed, but I'm also aware of when I might be getting spiritual messages, like you said, or I might be traveling out in the cosmos or something, and I would suddenly become aware mid-process of that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah, that's fascinating. That happens to me too. You know, when I do remember a dream, it's like I'm right in the middle of it. It wasn't just like I started at the beginning and I was remembering that part, you know. That never happens. But um, That's an interesting topic about dreams, you know. Like I remember a lot, but I, I don't know that I re- – am I remembering the whole dream or am I just remembering the tail end? Did like this whole other thing happen – before that that I just didn't remember and then I wake up and I just remember the last part I don't know you know because sometimes people talk about I don't really have these kind of dreams where people talk about sort of living a whole lifetime in the dream right and then I never have that I usually it's it's usually a scene or a few scenes but there's not like this passage of time is you know me here at this age and then me at that age later or I don't know do you have those kind of like passage of time dreams or no, I haven't even really ever heard of that. Um, yeah, I, I don't have dreams like that. I've heard, I've had dreams where it's like, yeah, like midway through something, I'm, something's happening, and then all of a sudden I'm somewhere else, and that's mm-hmm. happening, and something else is happening. It's not really that cohesive, you know. Uh huh. But really, people have that where they like go through a whole life cycle or something. Supposedly, wow. yeah. I mean, why not, right? Like. Time isn't really the way that, you know, we're perceiving it one way mm-hmm. here in our physical body, but who knows, you know. Yeah, definitely. And also just the the vast number of people alive, you know, they can anything can happen to anybody, you know. It's like everything that can happen will because there are just so many people alive, you know. I know. I think it's funny when people, um, just because they haven't that had that experience themselves, think it's not possible. Oh, yeah. I can remember when I was a kid, again, well before I had any kind of spiritual belief, but I would have dreams where I was somebody else. And it, and I, would, I, I can specifically remember one time going to school and telling my friends about some dream, and they were like, 
you weren't yourself in your dream? That's weird. I'm always myself. And everybody else, you know how it is when you're a kid oh, yeah. and you want to be like everybody. But everybody else agreed, no, I'm always myself in my dream. That's that's weird that you weren't yourself. And I stopped telling people about my dreams oh, because boy. I was like, what's wrong with me? But, you know, um, don't you have, do you have dreams where you're not you? Yeah. Or do you okay. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then dreams where everybody's a stranger. You know, mm-hmm. I might be me. I'm not, I don't know what I look like in the dream, but... Um, no one is familiar but I'm like interacting Mm. with them as if they were yeah it's weird like there's different phases for me that I've gone through like this year my dreams have become my dreams have normally been pretty like you said like metaphors and very symbolic and I can interpret them but maybe last year maybe for a whole year or so I kept having those kind of dreams that you were just saying there was all these, there were always lots of people and I, waking me doesn't know who any of these people are, <laughs> but sleeping me knew some of them, but it seemed like all of my dreams were like big groups of people and we were doing things together. And so sometimes I just think like, oh, maybe that's another me in another realm and mm-hmm. I'm tuning into that. And for some reason last year I kept tuning into that because otherwise I'm like, why why would I keep dreaming that when there's no, there was no story, like normally my dreams have storylines, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so it's really easy to, not really easy, but it's fairly easy for me to understand, you know, what that story is telling me and how it relates to my everyday life. But there was this period of time where it was seemingly random, you know? Yeah, that's interesting. I. I don't have that happen very often, but for that to keep happening to you seems significant. I mean, you know, for you, for some reason, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Um, Crystal says that too a lot. So she's having dreams with strangers and she doesn't know them. Till recently, most of the time that I would remember dreams would just be because they were scary dreams. Mm. And I had a lot of, um, like, I don't know if night terrors is the right word, but Mm -hmm. um, I call them nightmares. And I just had... A lot of nightmares growing up like that was just maybe it was like my body's way or my higher self's way of saying please remember your dreams <laughs> like, <laughs> it's pretty normal Kid, kids have a lot of nightmares that's not unusual yeah it, it lasted though like um you know way through college into adulthood and so i i had dreams where um i would just wake myself up screaming like just because it was so that some of those times I didn't even know what the dream was about. I just remember being absolutely terrified and waking up. You know, they say not to do that, to wake yourself up in the middle of a scary dream. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Because then, Oh, I mean, as far as, you know, dream work, because then you're not facing. So it's trying to show you something, you know, so like the classic dream that the nightmare that everyone's had is that something's chasing after you, mm-hmm. right? Everybody's had that. Yeah. And that's whatever it is, is whatever you're not looking at, that you're not willing to, or whatever you're afraid to look at in your life. Mm. And so what you're supposed to do is turn around and face it <laughs> and ask it, um, you know, what do you want from me? Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. And so years ago, when I first kind of started on a spiritual path, um, you know, I had quit my business job and I'd moved to Boston and then um, started working in a cafe. <laughs> and then then finally I was like running, managing a cafe and I got hired to manage a cafe. Um, 
by this really likable boss. This guy was great, you know, and he was the one that recruited me. And then just a few months later, he announced that he was leaving and this new guy came in. And this new guy was uh, just, you know, not my cup of tea. You know, I felt like um, he was kind of a good old boy. Like he didn't, res- didn't seem like he respected the women managers the same way that he did with men. The fact that I was a vegetarian, he kind of sort of mocked. And I just always felt like he wasn't respecting me or whatnot. And so I really, uh, it was, you know, difficult for me to interact with him. I kind of just didn't want anything to do with him. Um, And then I had this dream slash nightmare um, where something, you know, it's always kind of just like this dark shadowy figure. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Something is like chasing after me. And then finally, like I get to, I'm running through this building. And then finally, like, there's nowhere for me to go besides this like window what am I going to do? Jump out. And then it's, it's the boss. <laughs> this guy, he's the one chasing. I see it, you know, I turn around and then I, you know, ask, you know, um, something to the effect of, you know, why are you doing this to me? And then he said, I'm here to help you grow. And he pushes me out of the window and I fly. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so that's, you know, what can happen. And then, and then after that, I started to like, okay, well I'm here. Like I need to just learn how to, you know, hold my ground with this person and stop just, you know, disparaging him and avoiding him and be tougher and so forth. And and it, and it worked. Um, so that's how the dreams can help us, you know? And so, I just wanted to give you a heads up that this recording starts having some issues for the next few minutes where the audio sounds like there's some static in it. You'll see what I mean in a couple of seconds. I apologize for this because it's kind of annoying, but it doesn't last too long, so thank you for your patience. I just didn't want you to think that there was something wrong with your listening device or audio stream. And in case you're interested, This same issue happened to a couple of our previous recordings that we did for two other episodes, and those recordings were completely ruined, which turned out to be over four hours of recorded material lost to this same static issue. Except in those cases, the static was so bad that we couldn't use the audio at all. We do plan on re-recording those episodes at some point, But after all these issues, I started to wonder if there were forces at work here trying to keep us from getting this material out. But eventually, I narrowed down the cause of the static to my old laptop. So now we only use a trusted computer for all recordings. Anyway, like, yeah, you generally, whoever the boogeyman is that's chasing you, it's um, something. So in this one, it was like actual person, right, in my life. But oftentimes, it's an aspect of yourself that you're not facing or looking at your shadow self. Yeah. So, okay. This is, I, it, it just came to me right now that this has happened to me probably like three or four times where, um, and it goes along with what you're saying about there's part of you that you need to reveal or our face. Right. So I've had these dreams where like three or four times and they, they really stand out when I do have them because it's a horrible feeling to wake up to this, but where, and it may be just because of what I'm, I'm, I'm always watching like these true crime shows, like these murder mysteries, and I'm listening to podcasts about that. So, um, but I have dreams where I have killed someone. I don't remember doing it, but I know that I've killed a person. And 
I'm trying to cover up the evidence. And it's just this horrible, like, I'm going to be caught, you know, feeling. People are going to think I'm like a psychopath. And I need to, like, cover up all this evidence that I did this. And so I'm looking for ways to cover up everything. And I remember the last time I had it, um, I just came to the realization during the dream where, yeah, I'm never going to get all the evidence. I'm I'm not going to be able to clean it up. It's just not going to happen. And I and I woke up and I'm like, yeah, that's a, it's a really bad feeling to, you know, feel like a like a murderer, first of all, and then that you're trying to hide it. So there's probably a lot there that I should like think about. But I really haven't ever <laughs> until you until you started talking about that right mm-hmm. now. And, you know, it probably has something to do with me being my authentic self. You know, I'm trying to like bury dead bodies here in, in my subconscious, I guess. Obviously, your authentic self is a murderer, right? That's the conclusion <laughs> you go to, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, let's hope not. Um, yeah, that's, it's just, that's, that's a weird dream to have. I think, I don't know that a lot of people are willing to admit when they have dreams like that. Yeah, no, I give you a lot of credit. Um, and that's the thing too, you know, like you said, like your authentic self. So yeah, the first thing I would ask is, you know, oh, what are you covering up or what do you feel mm-hmm. you have to cover up because other people wouldn't um, accept it? Yeah, versus the, you know, literal translation, oh, well, you're a murderer, right? <laughs> yeah, like, um, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. But, but it can be like, you know, because um, it's a spectrum, right? Like, um, there's no, like, all the parts of us, and, and so like I said before, like, oh, it's our shadow self. Like, um, shadow work's a really valuable thing to do, too, um, because all of the parts of ourselves, even the ones that we think are bad, um, have value when they're channeled in the right way so like anger i told you that anger dream right about the the mouse oh you did tell me that yeah and you know what i have a um i have it recorded yeah okay cool so i'll 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 insert it right here oh cool okay so i've been paying attention to my dreams all these years Mm -hmm. and um the one that stands out with to me in terms of this is that um, I had this dream, and stop me if I already told you about this. I had this dream where I went, it was in like a bedroom that was supposed to be mine, and I went to the to open one of the closed drawers, and inside of it was a mouse. Did I tell you about this mm-hmm. one? Okay. So I open it, and there's like, it's a matchbook, but you know, it's like this big. It's like a matchbook, and I Open, slide open the matchbook and there's a <laughs> there's a mouse in a suit I'm telling you I have animals <laughs> on it there's a mouse in a suit in the matchbox and I was like that's you know and it felt it felt really sterile and it seemed like wrong like mouse should not be in the suit in the matchbox in the and so in my bedroom there was like the sliding glass doors and then there was the outdoors and so I went to go take it and put it outside and I open the sliding glass door and I open the matchbox to let the mouse come out and it became a big lion and um and I didn't I didn't know what that dream meant so I meditated on it and my guide told me that's that's you that's that part of you the part that you make 
sterile and meek, you know, oh that's gosh. your power yeah. that you've cut off from yourself. Yeah. That's that's the shadow. That's the yeah. shadow is the um, the disowned parts of self, and so um, you know, and that had to do with um, by not allowing myself to get angry. I was putting it in a nice little container like this, um, but I lose all my power right by doing yeah. that. So if you if you pay attention to all your dreams, you know this is like one in, in a thousand dreams will be this like perfectly you know yeah. demonstrating something. Um, but that's why it's so great to pay attention to all of them because they all have little pieces, but like most won't like fully in its entirety exactly be an example for for something. So um, yeah, like a lot of times you know we think that anger is this horrible emotion and we feel ashamed if we get angry, right? And so a lot of people, you know, like I was, like, um, will suppress their anger. And um, so, you know, the like, I don't, I'm not saying that you're a murderer necessarily, but it could be, like, this is just one interpretation, right? But, like, anger is a spectrum. So there's nothing wrong with getting angry, but, of course, there's something wrong with being a murderer, but, like, that could be a spectrum, right? And so, you know, how I was saying before, how dreams amplify everything to get our um, attention. So it, sometimes it's just like this one aspect of ourself that we're not owning, but in order to get our attention um, in our dream, it gets amplified in a big way so that we can see it. Um, and so, because also in our subconscious, uh, it feels that big, like my anger might feel that big and scary, like a big monster, but actually um, anger doesn't have to be a big scary monster, but because I'm so afraid of it, in my you know dream it will be symbolized that way, so forth, so, um, yeah. yeah. I like that, That's that makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, I think I could use that in my life. Yeah, but like, there's so many, there could be some positive qualities that you're not, owning like maybe the murderer maybe he's really crafty and cunning right and um and that's but because he got put in this murderer category you're disowning him completely and so you're missing out or maybe he's really assertive or something like this and so but to you that's a murder i i use this example of like if if i am um, if my hand if i slapped you with my left hand and then I was like, oh, that's a bad hand. And then I just stopped using that hand because I was like, I don't trust that hand. And now I only have this one hand, you know, um, and it can't do as much as my two hands could together. So sometimes there's these qualities within ourselves that um, because we didn't kind of fine tune them and learn how to use them in a certain way. And this is especially true for emotions. Um, we just suppress the whole thing and then we miss out on all the value that it could give me if, you know, when you were young, maybe you were told that was bad or shamed because, you know, like when I was young, I had temper tensions. And then um, and then I was told the story about the trolls that come and take away little girls that have temper tensions. And then, oh, that's not safe to ever get angry again. And then I was totally cut off from my anger for a really long time. So in the same way, like whatever that, you know, those qualities when we were younger that we hadn't refined yet, we could cut ourselves off from that and then as an adult we really could use some of those and now we have a greater awareness um, and life experience that we can be responsible with that um, but 
we don't even know that we're cut off from that. Yeah, that that one hits home because I think you're absolutely right about there's a part of my personality that's being suppressed and that is probably very useful to me and I'm just not able to access it. And um makes a lot of sense that dreams would try to tell me this. Like, you could be either happier or more effective in what you're trying to do if you would just, like, tap into that part of yourself again and, you know, don't try to bury it, you know. It's interesting um, because those dreams have, usually my family is in them. So maybe it has something to do with relating to them or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love, I love that story about the trolls when you were little. And I, not because of the effect that it had on you. It was traumatic, actually. Yeah. Tiana actually told that story in a previous recording that didn't make it into an episode. So I went back and found it so that I could include it right here for you. So the weird thing was like when I was little, like I was the only one, I had temper tantrums, like really bad when I was five and oh, nobody really? could control me. I would mm. um, get really angry, um, which, you know, people had told me later was like, oh, it's like frustrated, uh, frustrated power or lack of power. You know, as the baby, like I used to get mad yeah. because like I felt like, I, I remember like, I remember this one very specific one because this is when it stopped but I think it was sort of traumatizing. It was like my, my mom had put me to sleep and said that she was going to be there when I woke up because I didn't want to take a nap or whatever. And then she put me, and she laid with me and said, I said, oh, you're going to be there. And she said she would. And when I woke up, she was gone. And um, uh, so this is like when I was like about five, five or six maybe. Um, and said my aunt and uncle were there. So I was really upset. You know, I was upset because... I was lied to or betrayed and you know and 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 where's my mom and she's not there and I can remember like I you know I'm a little tiny I was really really small growing up like wait like I was like two grades smaller than people my grade they're really small but I like picked the dining room chairs and I like threw them around and I was like having this big tantrum yeah. and nobody could calm me down and my uncle sat me down and told me the story about I can't remember now but it was like Little Sally something, whatever. It was this, about this little girl who um, was very emotional. And so these trolls came in in the middle of the night into her room through the windows and um, uh, took her away uh, because she, you know, was too emotional. And then that's, it was, and it was really scary. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was so scared. And I can remember that after he told me that story, I can remember being afraid at nights, looking to see if the trolls were going to come in through the windows. Oh, that's traumatizing. It was. It was traumatizing. But I stopped. My, the temper tantrum stopped after that. But also that's when my emotional expression stopped because I was, I was very open, very emotional, very enthusiastic like I am now mm -hmm. when I was young. And then after that, like, I became very reserved and quiet and more shy and... What? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You really suppressed a lot then, probably. Yeah, I did. You know, <clears throat> without realizing, you know, it wasn't like a conscious choice. Like, oh, I'm going to be this way so that the trolls, you know, maybe it, when I was five it was. But, like, after that it was just like, oh, it's better to, you know, not to show whatever. Or it's not safe to show your emotions or something. But that you were eventually able to see that, you know, that was something that needed to be addressed. You know, mm -hmm. And you were able to do it. 
And that's good. And it, it was surprising to me because I guess because my growing up situation was not like that at all. Like if people had anger, they definitely showed it, you know, maybe too much. <laughs> so it was just such a foreign concept when you said like nobody showed anger in our house. I was like, what? That is, that is impossible. <laughs> What are, do you know, do you have, like, I have certain, like I said, um, recurring dream symbols that show up um, and let me know um, what I'm not looking at. Like, one of them is uh, dogs. Mm. And I love dogs. And for me, of course, everyone, you know, if you got bit by a dog as a child, then it's not going to have the same symbolism as it does to me, who always had, you know, loving relationships with Um, our pets and so for me dogs represent unconditional love and I had these like after I kind of had this big spiritual awakening and I was doing a lot of deep inner work I was having this series of dreams where you know initially it was like I, I went into a room and there was this dog in a cage that I didn't know was there and I was like oh my gosh how long has this dog been there oh this poor thing um someone needs to help it and feeling really bad like oh how did I not know this dog was in here and then in another dream the dog's in the cage and um wow I really need to save this dog but there was this feel this ominous feeling of this like that whoever put the dog in the cage was gonna come anytime and it wasn't safe to try to let the dog out and then um and sometimes there'd be more than one dog and then there was a dream where Oh, I, I realized that actually the cage is not locked. I can let the dog out, but then I'm thinking, what am I going to, do I have a place to put this dog? What am I going to do with this dog? So there's a series of dreams and it took me a while, which now it seems really obvious to me, but um, it took me a while to recognize that that was an aspect of myself that I had locked away um, and it was another aspect of myself, you know, more like the ego that was that ominous force that I was afraid was going to find out that I was unlocking this piece of myself, right? Um, uh, and, you know, that part of me had, this is unconditional love. Um, part of me had locked that away to keep it safe. But then now also another part of me was afraid, like, oh, if I bring this back, you know, fully in, like, how is that going to look? Am I going to be able to, you know take care of it and so even now and that was some years ago but even last night I was like okay I'm gonna see what dream I'm gonna have the night before our podcast on dreams um and last night I had a dream well actually I should back up um because I've, I've had some health issues recently and um that were at first inexplicable and kind of because I'm I'm a really health I live really healthily and so um, so yeah, that was kind of, there was this like sort of health, um, helpless feeling that had come across, like not being able to figure out what it was at first. And but anyway, and so last week, and then I kind of, um, I approached it from a, you know, health, medical, biological perspective, but also looking at it from a mental, emotional, spiritual perspective, because I think everything is connected. And so um, I had done some work on it emotionally, spiritually, which was kind of like this inner child stuff. Um, 
And, um, and then I think it was that night or the next night, I had this dream where I was on the street and there were these two dogs and one dog was this fun, cool, <laughs> joyful, big, fluffy black dog. And I was like, oh yeah, I'm taking this dog home. This is a great dog. And then it had another dog next to it. It was a small little white, sickly, frail, white dog with black spots on it. And I was like, oh my God, I don't know what to do with that. And I left it there. And then I went home and, um, and then I went home and I had this like utility room and it was all cluttered. There's all stuff all over. And I was like, oh, I need to organize this. And I organized it. And then I was like, okay, now I think I need to gather the tools to go back and grab that dog. So I grabbed this like basket and a blanket and stuff. And I was like, I'm going to go back on the street and try to find that dog. And then that was that dream. And then last night's dream was that I'm on the street and I find four little black puppies that are really young, which is a couple weeks or something. They're different sizes, like one's a runt and one's bear. Anyway, I, I just, I was like, oh, I'm taking all these dogs home. And I gathered them up and um, I took them home and I wasn't worried at all about like, oh, how am I going to take care of four puppies and what am I going to do with it? And so I feel like that's a healing message. Like, okay, those are aspects of myself. And now I feel like I, I'm capable of taking care of them. And then the dream before was like, um, oh yeah, the one, you know, the one really fun, cool dog I'm going to take. The other one, oh man, I don't know if I have the tools and resources. And then I kind of went and found those and then went back for it. And so um, dogs for me are like really meaningful when they show up. I'll, I'll tell you about the dreams that stood out to me. And it just came to me right now as we were talking um, you had all these dreams with dogs and I started thinking I wonder if I have any recurring dreams and I don't know how I could forget this but there was a period of probably like four or five years where the only dreams I remembered for the most part were these it was a recurring dream and it was so weird I just I don't know and I knew after a while I knew that there was like some message was trying to be relayed to me through this dream that just kept coming up and it would be the same not exact dream but the same people the same place and the same feelings I would have in those dreams and it just would not stop and I I guess I just was like so stuck mentally in that place that it was not gonna let go and it was just like you're gonna you're gonna face this no matter what and it just for years went on which tells you probably how stubborn I can be. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, and then finally, and I'll tell you what they were. So when I was a teenager, um, I had a girlfriend that um, lived in another town. And, you know, because my town, we had to take the bus to her town to go to school. So the school was in her town. And um, it was like probably the first like serious relationship that I had. And... Um, I was really good friends with her brother and so and he had a girlfriend so the four of us did a lot of stuff together and they would let me stay in their extra room in their house and they trusted me a lot and so I stayed with them a lot and so they I formed a, a bond with their entire family and um, it was it, it was an easy time in my life and it was fun and it was like I was you know like 17 18 years old and it was like you know no real responsibilities, but, you know, getting old enough to, like, be able to be independent 
And so it was, I think, something about that whole experience that I liked and I kind of held on to it, I guess, in my mind because life moved on and I went to college and she moved away and she went her own way and I went my own way. But, you know, there was always something in the back of my mind that made me think of her a lot. And so I, you know, and still to this day, you know, I, I love them. Like, they're my family. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're my family. And so um, I would have a dream where, and this was like many, many years after we hadn't, never, we hadn't talked at all, that these dreams started happening. And I'm like, why am I going back to them? Because it would be, the dream would be in their house and with her dad there. Her, her dad was always part, a big part of it. And um, she wasn't always in the dreams, but... Her brother, her mom, and her, especially her dad. So it was usually just me and her dad and this house. And I just never, like, ever really figured it out for years. And I don't know how I got past that, but I do remember that at some point I was like, I realized that I never really said goodbye to that whole part of my life, you know, and let go of it. And... um I think it had to do with me in in the place in my life now I felt like him like her dad right because he had a daughter and I have a daughter now and so I, I feel like I can relate to him a lot mm-hmm. at this point in my life where I started having these dreams and I think it was about that like you know trying to see through the eyes of someone that I respected and admired and um, and just treat my daughter like like he treated his, you know. And uh, I think that's I think that's how it, I kind of cleared that and started to move on. But yeah, it was real powerful because you know it impacted me for a very long time. Yeah, it's important to figure out those ones that keep showing up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then you get to move on to new dreams. Yeah. You know, people sometimes ask that about. You know, if somebody shows up in my dream, is it that we were actually connecting in our consciousness last night or um, are they symbolizing something? And I think it's sometimes it's one and sometimes it's the other. I don't think it's all just like I don't think all that like some of the dreams come from your subconscious. Some of them come from your superconscious. I also believe that some of my dreams have been past life memories I've also dreamt of some things that are precognitive that later that foreshadowed something uh, really dumb stuff. So I'm not like <laughs> predicting, yeah. you know, not like some, yeah, nothing like that. Just, um, but very specific enough that I knew that it was precognitive, that there's no way that, you know, it could be anything other. So in the same way, um, some of our dreams, I think, we are connecting, you know, with the people that we're close to in consciousness and um, other dreams. It's just what qualities does that person uh, symbolize for you? Especially, I think everybody's had this. Like, don't you ever have these random dreams? Some kid from elementary school that you totally forgot even existed. And then they pop up in your dream and you're like, I'm not even Facebook friends. Like, how did this person suddenly enter into my consciousness? This is so weird. I haven't thought about them for so many years. Um, And what I think is most of the time like that, it's especially from our childhood, then 
they hold a certain symbolism, right? There mm-hmm. was, you know, the the bully kid, or there was the really introverted, quiet kid, or the class clown, or whatever. And so, if you can, you know, when people show up in your dreams, if you can first look at what qualities they represent to you, like come up with some adjectives of like, if I had to dra- describe this person, how would I describe it? And see if it's not an aspect of you, because there's the gestalt dream um, method where you automatically assume that everyone in the dream is you, and it's just you interacting with different aspects of you, which I think is useful. It, I think that's a pretty useful way to look at it. If you believe, as I do, I believe that everything is actually part of the one. Mm-hmm. And so we are, like, if you go up, 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 up the chain, we are all, you know, pieces of one, you know, consciousness and reflecting each other. Um, so, so that's another way that you can work with dreams. Yeah. Um, I've noticed that in my life, things have happened in a way where it's almost like more than coincidence, you know, where I'm being taught or showed something and it's like, wow, like there is some grand design here, you know, not, not all the time, like, you know, sometimes things are just random, but sometimes it seems like that's like really personal. I, I mean, I think everything's interconnected. And um, the more that you, it's just that people don't pay attention. If you're not paying attention, if you don't look deeply within, if you don't connect to higher consciousness, then everything looks random. But if you start paying attention, everything is interconnected. And it's, to me, it's beautiful and amazing and thrilling and that's why I love exploring you know consciousness and and going deep into my psyche um, because you start to see exactly how everything is connected even you know like so I mentioned that I had some health issues mm-hmm. and um, and now looking back in retrospect I can see how certain dreams that I was having, were trying to tell me about these health issues that I wasn't aware of. So, um, you know, the health issue was that I went on this trip to Jordan in Egypt. And then while I was on the trip, or even before that, I had, before that I had started to feel pretty tired, but I thought it was just the stress of all the stuff right before the trip. And I thought, oh, once I get on the trip, then I'm going to relax and feel great. But I didn't, I felt like really low energy and I'm a pretty energetic person and um yeah I was feeling all these things shortness of breath and just not able to recover my energy and that got me really worried on my trip and I'm somebody that has a really strong immune system and then I got back from my trip and thought okay maybe I just need some rest so it's funny we talk ourselves out of these things right um but I was so depleted crazily like for me that I couldn't even like barely work a whole day of work. And then I felt like I I can't, I don't have any, I'm just tapped out. And, um, and then I ended up, um, getting some blood tests and then finding out that I was like iron deficient anemic, but then it's like, Oh, what's causing the iron deficient, you know, anyway. So like, uh, and then finally come to find out that I have these parasites, which I think I got in my summer trip in Ecuador. Um, but that the weird thing is that actually the last year I was having some dreams about people or these things that were coming and trying to feed off of me. 
these things are, and I, I don't, I'm not the type that watches the zombie movies. I really, I don't like that kind of stuff. I don't watch the vampire movies or anything. And one of my dreams was a, a, a vampire lady. Um, and, in, and other ones were like, just, there were these things that were feeding off of me that were kind of like people or whatever. But um, it didn't make any sense into, you know, it's just one of those. So some of them I get really get, and then and some of them I didn't. But now I can look back and go, oh, actually, my body or my consciousness had been trying to tell me about these parasites because I went to Ecuador in the summer. And then it was shortly after that that I got pretty sick for a couple weeks, which is not usual for me. And then I got sick again a few months later, which is really, really rare. I never... I rarely ever get sick, and I definitely don't get sick twice in a few months. And then I was just getting more and more drained, and things were happening. So, um, yeah, I was, I, you know, it's easy for us to kind of like write these things off, but that's where our dreams get to come in and kind of like, hey, 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 pay attention. No, 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 look at this. Um, it's just sometimes we don't get the message until like now in retrospect, mm-hmm. I get the message. But, yeah, which is kind of unfortunate because, you know, if we were taking our dreams much more seriously, I think that we probably could head off things like that, you know, a lot earlier or figure things out faster. Um, but, yeah, I was going to tell you that we did some recordings for another episode that we lost due to technical difficulties of some kind. That The recordings came out all garbled, but um, kind of like when I just said that right now. Um, <laughs> but... Um, they they they're unusable unfortunately but i still listen to them um and you it's it's strange because in the first couple of episodes that we recorded you sound like you do now like you have real high energy and you sound you you know like yourself and then as we get closer to your egypt trip you literally sound like you're starting to get weaker and it's not that noticeable but when i go from one to the other it, to me, it, it is noticeable. I don't think a listener would notice, but um, when I was doing the editing, it was noticeable. And then when you came back, um, you still sounded like you, you, you sounded okay, but you, and, you know, I could tell you got tired at the end. Um, but yeah, the one right before you went, I could just tell like you were, you were feeling pretty weak from your voice at least. Yeah, and then again, like if we're talking about the interconnectedness of everything, so my physical body and then my dreams telling me that and my consciousness, um, on another even deeper level was this whole trip to Egypt and what I I didn't really think about, like maybe what it was um, symbolizing for me in some way because I'd had this past life as the client. I'd had this past life regression that one of my friends had done for me where I went back to a life in Egypt and and that life was a difficult life and um, looking at how all the pieces fit together I think on a subconscious level that energy got activated um, before my Egypt trip and you know just being in Egypt sort of brought up the stuff that you know I was working through in that life in Egypt also and even and you know Egypt is amazing, but I I didn't like. And if you look if you look it up, you'll see this. But because the economy is so bad, and maybe it's just part of their culture, but you're just really harassed by people who are trying to sell you things. I mean, on a level I've never seen anywhere else where these people come up to you and and they won't 
they're just like in your face and then you know even if you tell them no thank you they won't leave I mean that's kind of parasitic too right this is feeling and then, and then no matter what you do they're still like stuck to you and, um, and yeah. exhausting yes it totally draining right like you're just like in all oh, these amazing places in Egypt and yet there's these people that are like in your way like won't leave you alone and mm-hmm. um, so it, yeah all of that energy you know it's kind of this same thing in a different way and how that all kind of came together in this big <laughs> explosion of uh, yeah. health symptoms and so forth. Yeah, you, it's it's almost like you, yeah, like you said, you were kind of like revisiting that place mm-hmm. again in your in your past life. Yeah, because in the past life, I mean, not to go into it depth in depth, but um, in the past life, I was sort of going through this um, spiritual initiation ceremony where I had to face the darkness and um, come through till I found the light. And, and I didn't feel ready. And I had, you know, basically sort of forced, like, well, you have to do it now. And, um, and it was so frightening that when I was, re- when I was in the regression, I was hyperventilating. I started like just crying uncontrollably. And um, so in that life, you know, I needed to face the darkness and then find the light um, on my own. I was like stuck in this thing. And, um, and I failed. I was so afraid. I didn't feel ready. And I was so afraid. And I, you know, finally they took me out and I, I failed. And, um, yeah, in some way I was like, oh, you know, sort of a similar type of energy because when you have your own health crisis, you do feel very alone, you know, and there's no one, um, you have to find the light in it, even when, um, it looks really dark. Like when you, when you can't figure out what it is at first, there's this helplessness. And that's what I felt in that life when I was going through that initiation was this helplessness. And that's sort of what I felt when I was in Egypt and these people won't leave you alone. And you feel like, ha, I can't, I can't make it stop. I can't get my own space. And you feel like this helplessness of not being able to be, you know, in control of your own space or your own fate. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, so there's this like big theme. So I, I don't know, for me, I love tapping into all of that and seeing how everything's connected and then you can work on it on all these different levels versus just saying like, Oh, that's just something that happened to my physical body and not seeing how it's connected to your emotional and spiritual and mental self. Yeah. It's a lesson on the path, a lesson of surrender that mm-hmm. I have, you know, explored in my Dark Night of the Soul, which I'm sure we'll talk about in some episode eventually. Um, but yeah, there is, do I really, you know, even in that initiation, in that life, you know, do you really believe that you know, love, not to be cheesy, but love conquers all, or, you know, that the light, that that's, you know, that this is a, a positive universe, or do you believe that things are out to get you and finally you have to kind of choose you know even if it doesn't look good right now can you still you know trust and have faith or do you does that automatically do you crumble in fear and go into your own dark side yeah those are yeah those are pretty deep uh, (laughs) themes and lessons (laughs) yeah that you're not going to know until you go through it yeah and it's an energy you know so um if i didn't 
get to that understanding and I'm not saying you know it's layers so yeah on some level I understand it and probably on some levels I still need to be tested but um, if you don't recognize it just like if you don't recognize this message the dream's giving you then it's going to keep showing up in new ways you know this energy this lesson this theme that I came here to learn um It'd be best. I prefer if I learn it through the dream and it doesn't have to manifest in my physical life. But, um, you know, most people are not going to just get it from the dream and it is going to manifest. Um, yeah. But it's kind of cool that you could get it from your dream, the understanding, and it never has to manifest in your life outwardly. Mm -hmm. So I want to change it a little bit and see if you've ever had this. I'm sure you have. You may have even said this already. But um, sometimes like a deceased one, will come in people's dreams and visit them. And I'm just, has this happened to you? Yeah. Yeah, this has happened to me only a couple occasions. But, um, yeah, that's pretty special. Do you think that it's really them or it's your memories? or? I mean, I think, again, it's probably a case-by-case -case basis. I think most of the time it is them. Um, but it could also be what they're symbolizing or, you know, I think there's a... If you pay attention to your dreams, there's a different quality of different types of dreams. I would notice that a lot of, and not all, but a lot of my subconscious dreams, it's just kind of like there's dark lighting. It just seems kind of dark in those dreams. And then um, super conscious dreams, a lot of times there's just the most beautiful light or just these amazing colors that you've never seen. There's just this different quality and there's a different quality about past life dreams. And so I think when a loved one is actually visiting you, people, there is this like real like powerful feeling of some like being touched by unconditional love or something like this um, where you can tell. Yeah, I never thought of it that way, but you're right. There are certain dreams do have different qualities to them and they kind of keep with that same thing you're saying, like, I remember when I was telling you about the ones with uh, my ex-girlfriend and her family, they were, it was all like super dark. Like it was, I could barely see what was going on. Um, and then others, you know, I've, like you said, I've seen like super amazing colors and like a vividness that you don't get, you know, in everyday life. It's just really, and then, um, yeah, I, I have had dreams where um, loved ones or past people who have passed have visited me. One was really unique where um, I didn't have a particularly, you know, strong relationship with this person, but I went to high school with him and he passed away. I think he it was a car accident or something. And um, I, I knew him. I mean, we were friends. Um, but the day I found out that he passed away, that night I had a dream about him. And it was, I was in an auditorium, like a, you know, like a basketball auditorium kind of place. And he did, he played basketball. That's how I knew him. So I thought that was kind of fitting. But he was there and like everyone he knew was in the auditorium and it was full. Like he must have known a lot of people or something. But yeah, it was that feeling like, like I, I love this person. Like he's so special. Like too bad he's gone. I always remember that because like all my friends were there. And he was there, and he was, like, going through the crowd and saying hello to everybody, and he was all happy. And, yeah, that one just stands out to me because I didn't even know him, but somehow I went to, like, his memorial, I guess, in, in the other place, on the other side. 
So right. that's pretty interesting, yeah. Yeah, dreams have so much to share, like, you know, if we pay attention. Like, mm-hmm. like you know, if you pay attention, like I said, you can notice these different qualities and you can get so much from them. Um, but most people, when they first wake up, they just automatically start thinking about their day. And so that's how the dream gets lost. Um, but, you know, so as far as, like, uh, our loved ones on the other side, they try to communicate with us when we're waking. But our... We're so focused on all this stuff out here that most people don't notice. And so when we're asleep, when our conscious mind, the filter that's getting in the way is turned off, then that's when it's easiest for them to communicate with us. And so that's why, you know, people tend to get their messages from their loved ones during their dreams. Hmm. All right. Um, I think we're going to run out of battery. Okay. It's like, it's (laughs) just about to die. And and we should probably stop doing it. Thank you for listening to this episode of Beyond the Illusion. Before we end this episode, I just wanted to let you know that the next episode will be a continuation of the topic of dreams. We have a lot more to say about this fascinating topic, and we hope you'll join us for that. I also want to say thank you to Casey Henson for providing the music. Take care.